Joel, what do you think about a cold open? Sorry, what? What do you think? Of, what do you think about a cold open? Like doing one or? Yeah, like you know, um, we do it telenovela style. Uh, like we have a narrator that's like, um, scene open on uh, Joel and Austin sitting on a couch uh, watching anime. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binaries of all ages, welcome to the show. If you're here to learn character creation, you've come to the wrong place because we're doing cat creation. I am Joel Holland, and this is how to make a literal cat in your favorite RPG. And I am Austin Irwin, here with a new working mic. Oh boy. We were having problems with that last time. We and we're indeed having issues with that last time, but now we're not. So yeah. Anywho, it is in fact month two of anime summer season. So hopefully this one's gonna be a little, uh, I don't know, more anime or whatever than last month. More anime. Yeah, I mean we're doing more anime games. So is it? More anime or anime-er? I think it's a cumulative effect. The more anime games we do, the more anime the season becomes. That's fair, that's fair. So yeah, more anime, more kawaii, as the kids say nowadays. Do they Do they say that? I don't, I don't think they say that, Joel. I'm just saying that because it's the only, only uh, word I can remember from anime. <laughs> You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so my internet is down, and we are having to do this through com- more convoluted methods, but we're going to get through it as best we can. So there's that for you. If y'all could hear how crunchy Joel sounds to me. Ah, beautiful. This is peak audio. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my cell phone does in this area. Because I am... Apparently not paying for 5G, I guess. Uh, you know what they say about those 5G towers. I don't, actually. They cost they cost quite a bit of money. Do they say that? Around 5Gs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Anyway, we're moving past that. Joel, what anime are we watching today? What should we watch? Oh, I know. Have you heard of this sweet video game series called persona persona uh i have heard about persona but a video game i thought we were doing anime well it's a jrpg and it's you know got that anime aesthetic but if that's not anime enough for you they did do original animated series based off of persona 3 4 and 5 so there you go Ah, there we go. Had to get that one out of the way for the um actually listeners. Yeah. 
We have our bases covered. You cannot at us for this one. Yeah, no. Well, you can, but you will look like a fool. The only thing I allow people to at me in are cat pics or cool art, I guess. Unrelated note, but our inbox still has no cat pics in it. I checked this morning before the internet went down. Another sad day. Somebody will eventually send us one and it will history will be made. <laughs> yeah. The timeline will be altered. Yeah. It it's a canon event. <laughs> Wait, is it a canon event that we never receive cat pics or is it a canon event that oh. someone sends us one eventually and everything changes it, after that? I want to say it's a canon event that someone sends us one eventually and it changes like the whole trajectory of our show. For the better, obviously. Yeah, we can hope for the better. It would be weird if we beg for something, it happens, and it makes the show worse as a result. You know, Joel, sometimes that happens in life. You think you really want something, and then you get it, and it's not great. He's got me there. But that doesn't answer the question, what game are we playing? Right, right. Okay, so... You know about this uh, video game slash anime series called Persona, right? We've, yeah. We've yeah. talked about this a little bit. We've, we've had our discussions. Right, right, right. So there is a RPG that is pretty heavily inspired by it called Void Heart Symphony. And that is what we're going to cover today. Ooh. I gotta say, I'm looking at the PDF for this, and the cover art looks very intriguing. Oh, yeah. It is... I've gotta say, like, a lot of the artwork is very, like, more generic comic book and not explicitly anime. But I guess you can't exactly, like, copy the uh, Shin Megami Tensei style without, like, it being obvious that's what you're doing, so... That's fair. It's very distinctive. Yeah, distinctive styles are cool. They are. But this is also cool. Like, I don't know if y'all have seen the cover for Void Heart Symphony. It's a pretty cool cover. Yeah, just give it a quick Google. Yeah. But yes, so before we get into this, though, before we start checking over the rule book, we have some rules of our own. Yeah. Joel, would you like to kick us off? Sure. The rules he's talking about, by the way, are the cat creation rules. They are the rules the podcast has to follow, even if the book says otherwise. And rule uh, number one of those rules, which there are eight of, by the way, is we accept no cop-outs. We're making a cat. It's the exact animal that comes to mind when I say the word. Not some anthropomorphic race, no people turned into cats, no lions, tigers, no more Ghana situations, very relevant this game. Or any other cop-out you can imagine. <laughs> Rule number two is we cannot use homebrew class or homebrew house rules. If the rules in the rule book do not explicitly allow something to happen, we count it as a rule broken. We have very rarely come across rules as written versus rules as intended. Well, never mind. I guess we do come across that when whether or not it states that we can or cannot be a cat. But if we enter one of those situations, we go with whichever one says no. Rule number three. If the game includes stats for a literal cat, which, as far as I can tell, this one does not, those must be used or adapted to the game's character sheet. 
Rule number four is the character, class, background, playbook, job, what have you, uh, has to exist in the game's core rules or as part of an official expansion. We can also not use homebrew classes because homebrew is not real. Yep. It's not canon. <laughs> that movie is going to be like over a month old by the time this episode comes out. And the, you know what? I would love to say the reference will be outdated, but it won't be because it's a good movie and it's going to be in theaters all summer because people are going to keep watching it. <laughs> I am already planning on going to see it a second time. <laughs> also, you and I have not talked since the movie came out. That is so. true. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't start talking about it before we started recording because we would not have gotten to recording today. We it, Absolutely not. We started so late, and it's going to be late <laughs> when we finish this episode, as is. it. The sun would be gone, and actually, no, the sun would be back by the time we actually started recording. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Anyway, where were we? Uh, rule uh, five, right? Five, yeah. Okay, the cat can learn any skill available to its class, even if it's not something a cat could normally be trained to do. Now, in this situation, I think that's going to be okay, because last I checked, there are a couple playbooks we can probably use that will be very accommodating for this, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Rule six, if a tool would be physically impossible for a literal cat to use, even if comically downsized for them, they cannot use it. And, you know, I'm... I'm kind of running out of these because, you know, it's like I'll say one and then I'll be like, well, we've we've seen stranger things here. Like (laughs) cats sometimes do be using tools. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I'm bringing back a classic, a jackhammer. I refuse to believe that a cat can operate a jackhammer, Uh, a crane (laughs) less specifically designed for them. No way. Yeah. Any, like, vehicle made for human use, probably not something a cat could operate on their own. Yeah, no. Um, A vehicle made for cat use, though, probably still couldn't realistically operate it on their own, but they have to be able to learn any skill available to their class, so what are you going to do? You know how it be. Yeah. Finally, rule seven. If a character has a section that is meant to be filled out in collaboration with the whole table, we leave it blank so potential players can make the character fit the group they're playing with. You did miss. We have one more. Rule eight. Oh, my bad. that is, we have to keep track of every rule that we break. Usually not that many, but you never know. Every time we look at a new system. Could happen. Um, all right. Just realized they didn't clear the broken rules from last episode. Took care of that real quick. All good. With that out of the way, I think we're ready to go. I really should have looked in advance to see where the character creation section was. It looks like it starts on page 76. Yep, the Rebels. Playbook Anatomy. We We don't need to know all that right away. Actually, it might be good to look over it if we have questions, but... Fair. We, we might not have questions, so... We're smart. We can figure it out, surely. Yeah, let's just uh, go over the playbooks real quick, because we got a quick summary of the playbooks here on page 86. 
Each rebel is unique, formed from their own particular pressures and drives, but your particular rebel will draw from one of these playbooks. Little note here, the captive, inhuman, and penitent are a little... They'll work with the other playbooks just fine, but might distract from the mundane side of, of city life if they outnumber the regular playbook types. By the way, one of those is what I'm thinking we'll have to use. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say it's inhuman. You are correct. But, like, the idea behind those three playbooks in particular is they are products of the, what's what's Lisa Game call it? Like, the castle, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, castles. I think I saw. Very, very heavily inspired by the palace from, like, Persona 5 has the palaces, which are where people with, with incredibly strong distorted desires have power in the the metaverse the shadow world whatever you want to call it yeah i'm guessing in this the the shadow world is just the castle is what it looks like but anyway so those playbooks are the authority the authority pushes back against the castle by building their own kingdom they can be an inspiring leader a wise mentor or an intimidating gang leader in the castle they can guide and inspire their allies or exert authority over the actions of their foes the captive Not everyone hurt by the castle walks away from it. The captive's body may be in a coma, imprisoned, institutionalized, dead, or lost, but is in some way prevented from being present in mundane society. But their mind? That's a specter trapped in the void, walking the castle's corridors and haunting the city. Can they make their way back to a mundane life? That is kind of like, if you've played Persona 5, kind of Morgana. I, th- I think Morgana is more fitting as an inhuman, but, like, that's kind of their deal. Mm. The Harlequin. Maybe they don't think your little rebellion is going to change anything. Maybe they're trying to keep morale up. Or maybe they think a revolution without a little dancing is no revolution at all. Either way, the Harlequin tries not to take things too seriously. In the mundane world, they might be the, last, the class clown, a slacker, or a provocative artist. In the castle... They find alternative solutions to problems, clown on their foes, and keep allies upbeat. Which uh, I think kind of fits uh, Yosuke, Junpei Iori, and uh, Ryuji. I, I know you don't know any of these names. Video game players. <laughs> yeah, you're th- <laughs> you're throwing these out and I'm just like, mm-hmm. I know the name Ryuji. I've heard that before in the context of Persona. Anyway, the heretic rebels against the castle's insidious tendrils by spurning all authority and forging their own path in life. They might be a class troublemaker, a political agitator, or a grifter. In the castle, they misdirect foes, find hidden paths, and avenge their friends. I actually can't think off the top of my head of a good example of a heretic. Maybe Kanji from Persona 4? I'm not sure. Mm. The icon, though, this one I can think of a few examples of. Adored by society, but that adoration can be its own set of chains. They might be a top athlete, a model, a celebrity. In the castle, they may be a paragon of excellence, an opponent their foes cannot ignore, or an unassailable beacon of perfection. From Persona 5, that would be On or Makoto, probably. Persona 4, that kind of sounds like Rise. I can't think of anyone from Persona 3 that fits, but Rise really fits one of the later playbooks better if you're trying to play specifically her 
uh, style of gameplay. She's she's more of a watcher, but we'll get there. The Inhuman is what I think we're going with. Gotcha. The strange forces of the Void sometimes find root in unexpected places, gifting sentience to animals, forces of nature, and the spirits of the unquiet dead. And sometimes a castle shard's inhabitants break free of those fetters and seek out others rebelling against the castle. Whatever their origin, now they walk the mundane world as an ordinary animal, a human simulacrum, or even a symbiosis of willing human and alien entity. In the castle, they can blend in with the vassal's minions, gain insights into their enemies' motivations, and use mystical powers. Every Persona game kind of has a like an animal mascot character on the team. I can't remember what the dog mm-hmm. from Persona 3 is called. But the dog from Persona 3 that has its own persona, Teddy from Persona 4, or again, Morgana from Persona 5. I do know Morgana. Morgana's like the cat. Not a cat. The we'll get angry or... if you call him a cat. a cat. Uh, okay. But yes, he's a See, cat. I, I know, I'm learning so much. <laughs> he, but he, yes, he's a cat. <laughs> fair, fair. And then the penitence. The castle forces those living under it to be complicit in its countless evils, and some are more actively and enthusiastically complicit than others. The penitent was one of those, but now they've turned against the castle and joined the rebels. Can they wield the power it gave them without tainting the the rebels' cause and make amends for the suffering they inflicted? The only fitting character I can think of for this one, like, direct parallel, would be Goro Akechi from the royal ending of Persona 5. And then we have the Provider. Sometimes the best you can do is keep those close to you safe. Whether they're a parent, a volunteer, or a a carer... The provider spends their time protecting and nurturing those that depend on them. In the castle, they heal their companions, keep the group together, and see deep into the vassal's hearts. Just based on what they do, like, in-game and in the overworld, I I think this would fit Haru from Persona 5. Gotcha. Then... Feel like I know who Haru is? Haru is the one they don't want to give screen time to for some reason. Hmm. Classic. And I'm not talking about the I'm not talking about the game devs. I'm talking about players. Players hate giving Haru screen time. Interesting. It's like a running joke among among Persona Five <laughs> players. Someone doing a let's play and they just cut all of Haru's. They try, which is not easy because before she's introduced as a party member, she is in the background all the time. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna be honest. When watching anime, there's you know, some characters whose screen time I wish I could cut. I don't even want them in the background. Just get them <laughs> off my screen. And so, I, I don't get the joke, because Haru's actually a pretty decent character. Like, she's not a bad person. Maybe it's, like, similar to, like, a Kobini situation where <laughs> she got outvoted by her car in a <laughs> popularity poll. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if people just actually don't like Kobini, or if... <laughs> I mean, she scored right below it, so she still did pretty good in that popularity contest. Oh, I think there was somebody in between her and her car. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, now that you mention it, I think that's right. But, like, I don't remember the <laughs> results, and I don't read all that much manga, so. Oh, man. Let's see. Either way. Oh, wait, there's one class left. Whoops. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Watcher. 
The signs of the castle are everywhere if you know how to look. The Watcher has developed the keen insight to match their hunger to know more. Useful in their daily life as a nerd, academic, or maybe investigator, but also a great asset in navigating and surviving the castle. Mm. And this is the other class that, like I said, like if you wanted to play specifically as Risei from Persona 4, this would be the class for her. Because that's what she does. It's like, every game has this kind of support character who doesn't go into the dungeons with you, but they provide uh, support and offer, like, random uh, stat buffs or occasional heals. Oh. Like, it's all random, but that's what they do. Gotcha. They'll also scan new enemies for you on occasion, which is nice. (gasps) That would be if... Ah, crap, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Futaba from Persona 5, and I... You lit... You gun to my head. I could not tell you the name of the of the support character from Persona Three. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know who Futaba is because I see people fucking post her on Twitter all the time. I have no idea what kind of character she is though. I just know she wears head. She is a shut-in gamer girl hacker. <laughs> you know what? That explains why people be posting her on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But those are the ones, and again, I think we could make an argument for just about any of these, except for the captive, I think. Because the captive is very much a product of of the castle, whereas the inhuman is something that could be from our world that has been distorted by the castle in some way. Ah, uh, gotcha. So, like... Like, it says that, like, one of the things that you can be is an animal that has gained sentience. I think that's probably the best option. I mean, like, we we, we kind of can't get more literal than that. Yeah. When making a character for this. It is the smallest stretch of the imagination to work that into a literal <laughs> cad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like to save ourselves some backstory trouble... <laughs> Let's just do that. Sounds good. Because the book, I think, has some stuff for us, like, to follow. Though I could be wrong. Heretic, Icon, Inhuman. Here we go. Making your Inhuman. First Descent. Before your first delve, work through these and answer. How did the rebels catch your attention? Why are you helping them? I think this is an easy case of, like, this game kind of treats the the castle like a physical location in the world, uh, from what I've read. Gotcha. Someone feel free to correct me on that if I've got it wrong, but like, it seems like this is this game kind of treats the castle as like one location has kind of like breached from the shadow world, the psychic realm, the void, however they call it, into the human world, and it is distorting reality from that entry point. And so like a lot, a lot of people just don't see it, which is the, the whole point that like, but it is affecting reality. And like, so we could have been a cat who is just there at the entry point, like at the origin of this, like breach in reality. I like that. You know, just a straight cat, just hanging yeah. out. Yeah. 
and then suddenly you're in the shadow world off to the shadow realm with you Jimbo all that um good luck Jimbo I'm sending you to the shadow <laughs> but how did the rebels catch our attention it's like we've been there since this problem began and then suddenly there are people who have come in on purpose hmm so wait, how did we capture the rebels' attention? No, how did the rebels capture our? The rebels caught the attention of our cats. That is how the question is. Gotcha. Based. You know, maybe they were doing like uh, some rally in a back alley. Don't mean to <laughs> rhyme on you, but and this cat was like, "Huh, I can understand these people now. I should probably go see what the <laughs> f- that's up." Maybe. What's up with that? So I like that, like, this cat has, like, been in survival mode in this dangerous world that is reshaping it every step of the way, but it has mm-hmm. this unquenchable curiosity, and so just follows along when they, when it found Rebels. God, a curious cat. We're, we're gonna go real literal stereotypy cat on this one. I mean, it's a, it's a cat that's living in a distorted part of reality <laughs> that is enhancing its mind to the point that it can you know speak to people and also possibly you know distorting some of the more like stereotypical cat behaviors so why not yeah (laughs) minus all that stuff (laughs) the cat speaking of cats genji if, if you hear like rocking on my mic in the recording every time genji gets up on the desk and either scratches himself, licks himself, whatever. It shakes the desk, and I think it's causing noise on the microphone. Good to know. We we can work with that, I think. So, I, I think the why are you helping them is, again, just curiosity. Let's see how far this, like, let's see what these guys are doing is how it, how it begins. And then, let's see how far they go. Okay. And then we get into the particulars. Pick from each or make your own. So we've got feminine, masculine, ambiguous, or concealed. Or we can make our own. Feline. I mean, we've got uh, animal construct spirit. So we can say animal. Mm -hmm. What gender are we saying this cat is? Uh, That's a good question. You know, I said it as a joke earlier because of the sending you to the Shadow Realm Jimbo meme. But... What if we just name the uh-huh. cat Jimbo? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, let's do it. Animal, and then... Do we want to say a little bizarre, or are we just... Should this still look like a cat? I guess we could We could have him get warped. A little warped? A little warped, you know? Okay. What do we want to warp on this cat, though? How do we want to fuck this cat up? I don't know. What about, like, a <laughs> Cheshire Cat situation? Oh, just like... Real big eyes, like big eyes, big teeth, like sh- big sharp teeth. I can't remember how the Cheshire I cat can't looks. Google it right now, but <laughs> I think it's like if we're looking at like Disney's Alice in Wonderland, it had uh big eyes, really big teeth. I think they were sharp. Oh yeah, the not the old one, but the newer one. Yeah, he's got some. He's got some fangs, man. All right. Like we could say we could say that kind of deal then. I don't think it's just a floating head, but I do like the idea that he can make parts of himself invisible. Ooh. 
That'd be cool. So, like, he can look like a floating head, perhaps, but I don't, I don't know that he is. I don't. I don't think he should be just a floating. Head. Yeah. No, we still gotta have the literalness to this cat, and then we have the crew. Pick one to represent your origins and gain it as a crew covenant. One of these, I think, is what we need. Star, a mindless object or animal accidentally uplifted, grants the ability to reassess your options and try new things. Where are you seeing this at? Um, so are you, you're on the uh, Making Your Inhuman uh, page, right? Yeah. On page 123. Oh, wait. I think I found it. Okay. Is it the one on 186? I'm on page uh, 123. Oh, I was looking at Covenants. Oh, yeah. No, we're not there yet. I mean, we are, but, like, we have a specific list of Covenants for our character. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I found it. I found it. So we pick one to represent our origins, and I think from these, Star is the best fit. An accidentally uplifted animal. I like that a lot. Grants the ability to reassess your options and try new things. And... The ask, I think we're not going to be able to do that one because covenants are, as far as I can tell, a crew thing. It's like the party would decide on a character related to the star covenant, and that would be who is trying to bring out my potential. Gotcha. So the issue there is like, we could come up with something, but like, that's deciding on something that might be different for the party. Yeah. And since you can make one of the other players who will be some of the first people you meet as one of those covenants, then I, I think we should just leave that one blank unless we see something that suggests that we should fill it in ourselves. Yeah, I agree. We'll uh, we'll burn that bridge when we yeah. get to it. <laughs> if, if we get to it. If we yeah. get to it. Aftermath, embrace the darkness. As you fight your first vassal, assign one of these to each castle stat when you first use them. So we probably shouldn't do that one yet either. Yeah, that's that seems like a as you're playing type deal. Yeah. Unless there's something I'm not understanding here. But I I think I think we should just leave that one alone again unless we see something that tells us otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just realized on page 122, there's this thing that says touchstones, and it references something in Persona 3. Oh, I guess. Yeah. I would think, yeah, I guess I guess would be technically the, and she, she's a robot, so. Ah, see. I'd say robots inhuman. You know, yeah. Not a human. She was a construct made to fight the shadows. Um, Adam... Adam is from a way older persona. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, no. This is literally <laughs> talking about Frankenstein, the book. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, here's the thing. Persona games all have Frankenstein references. Every single one of them. The Really? <laughs> yes, every single one What's of them. What's the correlation? So there's this place in the games called the Velvet Room where you can go and upgrade your personas. It is run by a man named Igor. Igor always has different companions. Mm. The companions are all also named after Frankenstein characters. We've had... Oh, man, I can't think of them off the top of my head, and of course I can't Google it, but we've had Margaret, we've had Adam, we've had... We've had Lavenza. 
sorry, what are they called? Persona, uh, Velvet Room Companions is, I think, what you should Google if you're Googling things. Residence is probably what it means. Morgana, Elizabeth, Marie, Theodore. Yeah. Those Are those right? Yep, that's the ones. There you go. Yeah, we've had... Morgana's not technically a Velvet Room resident. Although he, he was born there, but you don't meet him in the Velvet Room. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that that's how that works. But anyway, let's get back on track here. We've got... Um, so we, we can skip the Embrace the Darkness section for now. Mundane life is what goes next. When you return to reality, decide on these. I'm not sure, but it kind of looks like there's supposed to be like a first encounter that is talked about as the party or something. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm picking up too. Because it seems like you're supposed to run into something, have that experience as a group, and then be like... Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse games will do that. They'll have the party established together how the characters meet. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. So, like, I like playing that out if I can without, you know, disrupting the game or, like, being unable to give the player all their powers up front. But sometimes it's just not, not possible, but... <laughs> Oh my gosh, are we going to do another roleplay section? We we can't because we don't have the full crew. True. <laughs> so with that in mind, I think we're going to have to skip the mundane life section as well. But, you know, just just for the listener who may or may not have this game or be considering it, I'm just going to go over the aftermath and mundane sections real quick. Go for it. As you fight your first vassal, assign one of these to each castle stat when you first use them. Plus one, plus one, zero, minus one. And the stats are blood, lack, infamy, heat, and fealty. You get to basically adjust the powers of those, it sounds like. Create a signature weapon with one perk, one flaw, and also pick one to have every dealt. So the gear options are a disguise. Expand to pass as a castle minion. Portable hole. Expend to open a door to the hideout for a few moments. Gleaming claws piercing close. Two of those sound really good for the Cheshire Cat character. Oh, yeah. Portable hole or gleaming claws, in in case anyone was curious. But it kind of sounds like you might get to pick... You have to design this yourself. Yeah. Because there's supposed to be stuff on page 68 about building perks and flaws for your gear and then finally on aftermath castle form your shape in the castle shifts with your growing power when you gain a rank of world or void pick from the list below or make your own to add to your avatar every time you lose a rank erase one so that's myth which would be ghostly veil animal gate cosmos eyes automaton gears clothes something archaic something futuristic or nothing at all accessories lesser spirits eerie music Localized Storms, Runic Halo. I love the idea that, like, an accessory <laughs> option is eerie music. Eerie music just plays around you wherever you go in, <laughs> in the castle. <laughs> I really like the localized storms because I'm just imagining <laughs> a character with a storm cloud above them. <laughs> yeah. Although, since we're a cat, I don't think we would like having that there. Yeah, no. Bad accessory. 
and then I don't know how to pronounce this word. Mien? Mine? Mine? M-I-E-N. Don't at me for not knowing. No one has ever said this word out loud in their lives, so don't at me on pronouncing <laughs> it wrong. Hold on. Pronounced like mean. Mean. Okay. More mundane, more pleasant, less true, more chaotic. And that's that's what it means. So I it, it just kind of sounds like vibes. Yeah. And then finally, mundane life. When you return to reality, decide on these. Roles. Pick a category and vocation. Pretender. Pretend to be an ordinary high school student, office drone, pensioner, put a black mark in blood. That's me, IRL. What? <laughs> I said that's me, IRL. Oh. Just a office drone. Interloper. Surreal performer, mystic consultant, nomadic possessor, uh, put a black mark in infamy, or lurker. Probably what we would do. Stray animal, haunting ghoul, lurking monster, put a black mark in fealty. And then gauges, you're not completely real, mark your tick in blood and lack, two in the rest. Also me, IRL. (laughs) (laughs) Context, pick one to gain as a major covenant and give them a name. Judgment, an ancient human ambivalent to humanity, grants powers to take the long view and apply cosmic power. Sage, a mundane worker showing you how to be human, grants advice, organizational backup, and tools to understand alien realities. Strength, an activist building community outside society, grants abilities to make manage your emotions and draw power from them. Again, I think we're going to have to let you all decide this with your table, because some of this stuff just sounds like it's it's heavily tied to the covenants, and some of those might be personal, but some of them might be tied to the party and how you decide your first encounter works. So now we're on to page two of the playbook which is where the name and pronouns and particulars stuff gets written down. Yep. That was, we decided on Jimbo, he, him, feline, Mm -hmm. animal, and bizarre. Just a real, just a real bizarro cat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Named Jimbo. Let's see. So we have here some core moves and then... Shadow moves. Okay, I guess these are effects tied to the core moves that you just get, it seems like. And then I don't... Yeah. So, like, uh, those are... You may ask when you're doing whatever the investigate role is. I should look that up here, probably. Uh, Who here is longing to express their wild side? The architect will answer truthfully. I'm guessing the architect is the game master. Yes. When you vent, you may pick these effects. Hmm, that's sus. Uh, move faster and further than humanly possible. Or make a door to the hideout right here and now. Ooh. And then the shelter move. You tap into the thoughts of a nearby enforcer. The architect will describe what they see and hear. And you may ask a question about what they're thinking and feeling. Nice. So, yeah, what I'm assuming here is that you already have these moves those are tied to the core moves so yeah those are tied to your regular actions and the shelter i'm guessing so persona 5 has this thing where there's little safe spaces tucked away in random corners of the palaces and when you're in a safe space monsters can't find you so you have a moment to like regroup teleport to the exit you know heal talk it over with the with the party see how, how everyone's doing 
I'm guessing that's what it that's means by cool. shelter move is that it's just something you can do from within that kind of safe space. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, the shadow moves, though, is there something here telling us how many of those we get? I don't think there is. One moment. Let me go back to the beginning of this chapter because there might be something that we missed. Shadow moves. When your void rank rises, you can pick up a special power that lets you break the rules of the castle. For the most part, these moves don't need you to roll to use them, but there's a cost. Each one of them needs you to mark void to use them, drawing you closer to becoming overwhelmed. Okay, so I don't think we get any of these up front. Well, that sucks. Yeah. But if you want, I can uh, go through them for the audience back home. Yeah, that would be nice. So we have four here. We have my true form. You realize that the castle had a stronger hand in your creation than you thought. Describe how your castle form changes to reflect this. You may mark void to grow an organ or limb, arms, tentacles, eyes, wings, mouths, or similar. (laughs) Interesting. Um, Okay, second one is Ghost Eater. When you consume a castle denizen, mark void and roll plus cups. On a 79, hold one. On a 10 plus, hold three. On a miss, hold one, but the architect will change an element of your castle form to match the consumed creature. (laughs) The architect will tell you one or more reactions the creature had. Spend one hold to use one. You must use up all your hold to eat another denizen. So we can become even more bizarre over time. That's right. Okay. I, I I had to, like, triple check this word. The third one is Psychopomp, not Pump, Pomp. Right. When you travel the labyrinth, you can mark Void to guide your group to or from any individual psyche, the land of the dead, the castle's home realm, or stranger places still. Interesting. Interesting. Um, And finally, we have here Apparition's Blade. When you channel the hunger of the void into your weapon, mark void, to give your attack fleeting advantage and a weapon perk of your choice. Hmm. Nice. I really like the Ghost Eater one. I think yeah. you have <laughs> so much fun with that. Yeah, that would be great. One moment. Okay. Where is... I'm sorry, I went to the wrong section, I think. Can you, will you stop headbutting the effing desk, please? <laughs> I'm trying to find the moves. I found city moves, but I think exploration moves. There we go. Because I think this is what, like, the main actions are going to be for, like, castle exploration. Though Vents was a city move, so that's interesting. But anyway, so, like, we've got flow like water. When you perform a feat of daring athletics, roll plus wands. On a 7 to 9, pick 1. On a 10 plus, pick 2. You are where you need to be. Danger doesn't follow you. Another rebel can take the trip with you. So what was that one that was like the the core move effect? I think that might be tied to this. Uh, power through. When you hurl your strength at the castle's obstacle, roll plus swords. On a hit, pick one. You destroy an objection, obstruction or a piece of scenery. You knock back and scatter a group of minions. You give another rebel a clear path out of danger. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So... In the the playbook here, we have two sections of stats, right? 
we have the ones that are highlighted with a red background and ones with highlighted with a blue background. Yeah. So I was confused before because the aftermath says when you use a castle stat, assign it one of assign it one of these. So like the castle stats are swords, coins, cups, and wands. Okay. And then the other ones, blood, lack, infamy, heat, fealty, are mundane. Those are tied to mundane moves used in like the regular world. And they each have their own moves. You have your exploration moves, which are tied to the what I've just been reading. And then then you also have the city moves, which are tied to the blood, lack, infamy, heat, and fealty. Oh, okay. I see. So, like, when you vent out the void's power within you, choose the effects you're evoking and check against fealty. So, that that was that vent move that we were looking at before that immediately opens the door to the hideout. Rebel eyes, when you spend time looking for information, say what you're trying to find and check against heat. Connect, when you connect with somebody by convincing them you're worth their time, check infamy, making the vassal's threat clear, check heat. I'm putting up a false front, check lack, pass beneath notice, uh, check against infamy, make a stand, check against blood. Nice. So that actually ties in kind of how the Persona games work as well, because you do have a separate set of stats that are used in the overworld, not in the dungeons, but like regular world when you're out and interacting with your social links and... Yeah, when you're doing your slice of life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like, there are certain points at which you will not be able to progress with a, with specific social links unless those stats are up to a certain level. Gotcha. So I'm I'm guessing these moves here kind of are used for that same thing. So that's interesting. Yeah. Although it sounds like there's a lot more like gameplay specifically that is made to happen in the city than than just, you know, slice of life. Yeah, there's probably some, like, what am I thinking of? Reconnaissance. Yeah, and, that would make sense. You know, figuring things out. Yeah. Okay. What is up next? One moment. I gotta get back to page 123. Making your inhuman, inhuman abilities, inhuman advances. Advances. We don't get those because we don't level up up front. True. Oh my god. We, we might done be done. Then is that is that all we can do? That might be all we can do right now. So unless I miss unless we're misunderstanding something about how the covenants work, I think that's all we can do. You know, I'm just gonna double check because that's a lot that we're leaving on the table here. We haven't even assigned stats. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to go double check the Covenants section, I think. Covenants are the core social drivers of Void Heart Symphony. They're the bonds that hold your ragtag group of rebels together and the outside connections they can call on when they're in trouble or need to blow off steam. You track your most important connections on your character sheet. Each covenant is in one direction. They represent the benefits your character has gained from the res relationship with the other character. They might have a matching covenant for you, or they might not. So these are individualized. Dang. Okay, so... Cool, but dang. For yeah, us. I mean, that's fine. Like, we can still say star, covenant, and then... That would be our crew covenant, is star. 
And then we would yeah. have to tie that to a specific character later, but that would still be a thing the party would do. Gotcha. And then the rest of this, though, aftermath and mundane life still sounds like it's something that the party decides together. Yeah, because I, I think what the game wants you to do is, like you said, go through that opening sequence together mm-hmm. and then pick things from there, from then on. Yep. Let's see. Playbook Anatomy. I'm just going to skim through this real quick and see if there's anything I missed. It doesn't really talk about that. So, okay, wait, no, here we go. We have a little bit of details, it looks like. So we have, okay, city details. These are the parts of your character that are relevant in the city. These five tracks show you what pressures you're currently dealing with. Uh, Your playbook will note two gauges you start better off in, and three you start under particular stress. Yeah, okay, so our gauges are, you are not completely real. Mark one tick in blood and whack, and two in the rest. And it looks like one tick is already marked. So we would have... I think you... Unless it means, like, we start with two ticks in blood and lack, and then three in... Three in the other. Why not just say that, then? I mean, we could fill it in, and someone who's actually read through this book with the intention of playing it could see, oh, wait, that's wrong, and correct it. Yeah. So these are gauges. Yep. So the point is that we'd have uh, one in blood, one in lack, two in infamy, two in heat, and two in fealty. And that, oh, wait, the other thing. We have a contact um, that I think would be specific to our character in mundane life. So gain one as a major covenant and name them. And those are, again, judgment, an ancient inhuman ambivalent to humanity, Sage, a mundane worker showing you how to be human, or strength, an activist building community outside society. And I think we just start with that contact. And that's not specific to the party. Yeah, that seems like a one-on-one. Who do we want to be? I like the idea of, like, since our party is kind of, like, the the anchor to the human world for this cat. If we have like a judgment covenant, that is another being inside the shadow realm who is trying to encourage him to not be too human. Ooh, that's really cool. Actually. So it's like, Oh, I've made all these new friends. They're great. They're humans. And he's like, do you, you don't want to, you don't want to be like them. (laughs) <laughs> you really want to you really think you want to be a human my guy uh let me do you one better i'm sorry judgment doesn't have an e between the g and the m yes it does what google what the f is your autocorrect doing <laughs> there's no way hold on like judgment is spelled judge the word judge the entire word and then you add m-e-n-t onto the end of it there's they're two different words. What? <laughs> there's t- there's two different words, both judgment. Okay, well, I think we want the one with the e. Yes, we do want the one with an e. What is the difference? No. What do you mean? <laughs> Merriam-Webster can cons- got All right. I okay. 
Maybe they're just. Maybe you can spell it both ways. I'm, maybe. Okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm going down <laughs> a rabbit hole here. So we have, we have our judgment. Yeah. And I, I guess we get to name the judgment covenant since it's a, a specific one to our character. Yes. What if its name is like Cheshire or something? I think that could work. Just like teaching him. We're already very heavily inspired by the Cheshire Cat. Mm-hmm. So, like, what if what if something's like, yeah, that's who you should be. That's who you should be. And he's just, he's called Cheshire or something in, and it's just like a being from the castle. That manifested by the castle itself. How do you spell Cheshire? C-H-E-S-H-I-R-E, I think. I can't Google it. My internet's still down. Oh, C-H-E-S-H-I-R-E. I don't know if you threw that H in there. I think I did. Okay, I, I'm, I just am bad at spelling then. It happens. <laughs> Well-known fact about me on this podcast <laughs> is I'm terrible at spelling. And we leave him in charge of filling out the character sheets. <laughs> Joel just likes to make... Make my life hard. <laughs> so Cheshire, Cheshire is an ancient, inhuman. Let's say non-human. It's like we just name it like T- Cheshire, and then Arcanum Judgment. Is how I think that works, and then. I think, looking at uh, the aftermath section again, I think we could probably decide, like when you use a castle asset, assign it one of these, plus one, plus one, zero, minus one. I think we could go ahead and decide which stats those go with. Yeah. Like, there's no reason we couldn't decide that for ourselves. We should be able to. I think if we decide them now, then the... Player still has the choice to mix it yeah. up later if they want. But well, one moment, I gotta get back to the moves. Those are on page sixty. So like, flow like water is tied to wands. That is on a seven to nine pick one, on a ten plus pick two. You are where you need to be. Danger doesn't follow you. Another rebel can take the trip with you. So that's when you're performing a feat of daring athletics. Roll plus wands. Power through when you hurl your strength at the castle's obstacles. Roll plus swords. See clearly. When you try and read a dangerous situation, roll plus coins. And then reach out. When you form a bond with a minion of the vassal, roll plus cups. Cool thing about about that move. That is basically how you get new personas in Persona 5. And also how you recruit demons in basically every other Shin Megami Tensei game. I don't know if you've seen that meme where, where, uh, what is it? Cerberus, I think says, if you want me to join you, I need $5 and a Happy Meal from McDonald's. Oh, I don't think I have. I'll have to see if I can find... Please send that to me. see if I can me. find one of that. What are they? Swords, coin... Swords, cups, coins, wands. Yes. The ones highlighted in blue on the character sheet. Yes. You still wanting to read through these moves? Yeah, so the moves are Flow Like wa- Water, which is the daring feat of athletics tied to wands... Power through, yep. uh, plus swords. See clearly, plus coins. So, what do we think our cat's good at? 
I feel like if they're supposed to be like observant and curious, perhaps plus coins would be a good one. Yeah. To put a plus one in. We want them to kind of be able to, if, if they're already naturally curious, they're going to want to naturally uh, observe a situation as a whole mm-hmm. um, to get as much information as they can. So we get a plus one for, what is that, cups? Coins. So fun fact, the reach out move and ghost eater move both use plus cups. So if we want to encourage people to pick ghost eater when they get the chance... We should probably put a plus one in cups. I heavily encourage anybody playing this to pick (laughs) Ghost Eater, so yes. (laughs) Plus cups it is. Then we have a zero and a negative one. And that's for athleticism and strength. I feel like our sword should be the negative one. Not strong. Yeah, not super strong. Slightly athletic. Yeah. Sounds good. Average athletics for a cat, which... Yeah, average at athletics, negative in the strength department, maybe distorted mm-hmm. and weird, still very small. Yeah, pretty squishy. You Indeed. Know. Not, a, not a tank. <laughs> yep. This cat should not be expected to take a hit for you. Do not let him in the front. <laughs> he will let you down. <laughs> So I guess if we're picking all the other stuff from mundane life, we could, and we might as well choose our gear and castle form and mundane role. So mundane role, the one that I think fits the best is lurker because it's like stray animal, haunting ghoul, lurking monster. So our mundane role is lurker. And then gear, I think gleaming claws would be good. That's piercing and close. For lurker, we need to put a black mark in fealty. So I'm going to put that up to three. Then we already did our gauges and our contact. Yep. That's it for mundane life. I let's see, I think so we start with one thing for castle form, and I think a good fit would probably be myth, because that gives us like our distorted that would give us our distorted form. Where are form. you seeing castle form at? Under Aftermath or Embrace the Darkness. On page one twenty three it's under the Embrace the Darkness uh section. Oh, gotcha. on the character sheet itself, it's called Aftermath. Oh, okay. I see it here now, too. Yeah. So, like, we get one castle form thing uh, per rank of world or void. So, like, we start off with one no matter what, and then we can distort our cat even further the more gotcha. ranks we take. But I think to start with, like, the idea of, like, the myth, the cosmos eyes thing... Like, we've described him as having big treasure cat eyes and face. So, myth seems like a good start to our castle form. And then we get one piece of gear permanently, and we get a signature weapon, which is on page 68. And then we get one one of the things on this list to have every delve. So we can either have a portable hole, a disguise, or the gleaming claws, which also count as a weapon, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the idea of a portable hole. One, just as an item, and two, as our cat is not strong and likes to observe situations, yeah. probably rather than fight in them. Yeah, that sounds good. So, portable hole gives you an easy escape route. <laughs> that That sounds good. And then we can go to, what was it again, page 68? Yes. Yes. To make our signature weapon. 
your armaments uh, in Voidheart Symphony are simple, defined by perk tags and flaw tags. Your starting gear has one of each, but rare weapons can have many perks or no flaws. Weapon tags govern the situations where your weapon is effective, and the effects that attacks with it have on your target. I'm sorry, this is a sentence that is hard to get through. <laughs> it's it's worded really mm-hmm. weirdly. Weapon tags govern the situations where your weapon is effective, and the effects that attacks with the weapon have on your target and you. I think we got there. <laughs> we got it. Got it, got it in one. By default, a weapon can be used to hit a single target at a distance of 2 to 4 meters and can inflict enough damage to leave a substantial mark but not penetrate tough armor. So, we choose one perk and one flaw. First off, what kind of weapon do we think our cat has? That's a good question. We cannot say cutlass or slingshot. I'm putting my foot Um, down. What weapons do they have in this game? I think we get to decide on the nature of the weapon, and then we get to choose what can be done with it. What would a cat who likes reconnaissance isn't super tall... Giant-ass hammer. (laughs) He's got hammer space. (laughs) Exactly. Like, if any character in this game were to have hammer space... Yeah, it'd be this one. (laughs) Do we want to do that? I kind of want to do that. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't think it physically holds it. I think it just drops it yeah. on things. How, wait, how often can you use the portable hole? Because, like, what if what if they just have it set up? Uh, I think it's, it's expendable, <laughs> so once per dungeon. Aw, oh, dang. Either way, okay. So, a big hammer. I think hefty would be fitting for that. Knocks an enemy down or back. Yep. Uh, and then what's the flaw? I want to say unstable we simply do... because we do not have the pot. Like we have not described ourselves as having human hands. So I think we're trying to wield this thing with paws and or some form of magic. So using it staggers you, making you vulnerable and slow. Like trying to use this giant hammer actively slows us down. Yes, I like that a lot. There's an idea for an upgrade myth perk for you guys. Human hands for this cat. (laughs) Oh my god. A cat with human hands. That's terrifying. (laughs) Just to make the hammer wielding easier. (laughs) God. Dear lord, I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) Okay. I think that's all we can do. I think, yeah, I think this time we've done all that we can do. We we went back through and did some... Yeah, there was some stuff that, like, just looking in the book made it seem like we weren't supposed to do it, but, like, reading it on the actual playbook, some stuff was worded differently, and so... Like, you know what I mean? Like, some of the stuff in, like, the aftermath yeah. section on the character sheet is worded differently than it is in the book, and the book was what I was looking at at first, and it made it sound like it was all mm. tied to stuff the party did together and this makes it sound like you know a character creation decision that you make at the beginning yeah yeah it sounds like you can just do that yeah you know good i i feel i'm glad we went back and did that because i would feel bad having like three things filled out (laughs) that's true and being like well 
that's an episode right there, baby. Yeah. It it just felt off. Like we hadn't even been going a full hour yet. I know. I was I was a little worried. But we got there. I mean technically the maid episode wasn't a full hour either, but you know, that was yeah. all RNG, so <laughs> what are you gonna do? That yeah, that not much we could do about that. Um how so are we are we finished is this is this a character i think we're i think we're finished nice and now here's here's a good thing i don't think we broke any rules this we didn't have to because there was a playbook made for us exactly so not often do we go an episode with breaking zero rules but here we are yeah Usually that's something that like we get to say when we're playing a superhero game or something, which, you know, kind of, I mean, yeah, you could consider it. I, here's the thing. It's based on, on the persona games and persona three had a literal Shiba Inu in your party. It was just a dog, nothing special about it, except <laughs> it could call a persona. Jeez. <laughs> it carried around a knife in its mouth. <laughs> God, love that. Only good thing about Persona 3. The base game. But anyway, <laughs> I say that. I've literally never played Persona por- 3 Portable. I might have to sometime, except I'm still pretty sure it's a 70-hour game. Minimum. Just ragging on something with zero experience. I- I've played base Persona 3, okay? That's, you know what, that's fair. That's fair. Um... So, uh, you got any, uh, things to plug for yourself? Uh, sure. I am known online as Avalon Alchemist. I tend to do things on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and sometimes, but not often, Tumblr. I literally have zero following (laughs) over there, so... I mean, if you if people start following me over there, I might be posting over there. I've posted like two or three. You things. gotta follow people I, if you I want repost followers. This. I know. I don't know who to follow on there. I do follow like four people. Basically, the entire Snapcube, like that friend group, is on Tumblr, and you can just follow them. Fair. I'll have to I'll have to look up. So if you want to become Tumblr mutual, <laughs> mute mute mute. You want to be my homie on Tumblr? Let me know. There's also like two VTubers that I know of that are on Tumblr. So incredible, but yeah. Other than that, I think that's it. Yeah, I've been posting art on Twitter. I want to. I want to make more art. That's that was one of my goals for this year, and I've been kind of, kind of <laughs> sleeping on it. So go go on Twitter and yell at me to encourage me to do more art. You should totally draw the uh, the mech that I'm you know from that one episode with where we made the the cat mech yes i will have to go back and listen to that episode to remember exactly what we <laughs> described it as but i i will do i don't that. think we physically I'm described the mech on... all that well we just like said what was on it <laughs> yeah that that could at least give me a general idea of how it works yeah you know? like i'm gonna do it or what to i'm add. planning on doing a 3d model of it at some point so <laughs> All right, I'll give you the reference images. Cool. I also, I'm going to be late to the train, and it's going to be real late to the train when you guys are hearing this episode, but I I want to make a Spidey Sona. 
and post that. I, I have an idea. I just need to actually get it down in a drawing. Well, if you've actually made it by the end of June, then who knows? We I'll maybe just post a link to your post in the episode. Yeah, so check check the check the description, listeners. If it's not there, that means he failed. <laughs> or I failed. <laughs> Don't say it like that. Or I failed. <laughs> One of us failed. As for me, you can find my my stuff at jholland.start.page. I would tell you my Twitter and Tumblr usernames. It's Denalo Lioge, but like no one knows how to spell my name backwards. So why try? Just go to jholland.start.page because that's easier to spell. And that'll take you to all of my stuff. Uh, I am thinking about taking like graphic design slash 3D art commissions. So that stuff is technically already set up on my Kofi. But, like, I barely check my Kofi, so... <laughs> but, like, if you want me to do a 3D model or a, a logo or whatever for you, I might be able to help you out if you go look that stuff up. <laughs> oh, yeah, we also have stuff for the show to talk about, don't we? Yeah, the thing we're doing right now. Yeah, maybe I should remember that easier. So we mentioned earlier in the episode the email where people should be sending us cat pics. Uh, that is literalcatpod at gmail.com. You can also follow the show online at Twitter and Tumblr. Oh, by the way, you don't just have to send us cat pics. Uh, I mean, you do have to send us cat pics. Legally. But, like, you also have the option of sending us recommendations for games or specific cats you would like to see made. Like, even if you don't have a specific game in mind, we will take challenges. We will take challenges. And if, hey, if you think my cat's cool, I want my cat to be named after, or I want one of the cats that these fools create to be named after my cat. Send us, send us some, uh, send us some cat yeah. names. Or pics. Actually, name, yes, and, name picture, and picture. Please. We, we gotta know. Spe- like, if you want it to be a character sheet, we gotta have the name and yeah. picture. So we all know what we're working with. So yeah. Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, actually, also, Literal Cat Pod. It does yep. exist. We have a Patreon for the show now. I already shouted them out. Like, I, I made a specific thing to shout out our first patron uh, last episode. So, too bad. I'm sorry that you can't be the first patron anymore. That, that privilege was already taken by the Z-Mage. But you can be our second <laughs> as of right now. Assuming that yeah. we don't have a second by then. Yeah, we do We do have that going on. That's patreon.com slash badgertrove. If you didn't hear the news about badgertrove, Austin and I have kind of created a uh, umbrella to fit other projects under. Which, yes, that does mean that we are kind of sort of working on some other projects together. Yes. And finally... Uh, working through stuff aka literal cat pod right now and then things in the future secrets yet to be revealed yeah what he said mysteries that lie in wait (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to make it sound a lot cooler than it is we're just working on a couple like (laughs) rpgs one of which is literally going to be a one-shot game but (laughs) gotta love a one-shot anyway the one-shot game you can play as a cat in (laughs) i will say that obviously it is literally the name of the playbook be sure to rate and review us 
on the podcast listening service or reviewing service of your choice, if those are separate. I do check Podchaser all the time, but I'm pretty sure Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, those are all good places to leave reviews. Most podcast listening apps will let you favorite or give a star rating to episodes at the very least. All of those things boost the podcast within the app's algorithm, so it is more likely to be shown to new listeners. We don't really pay for advertising, as of as of right now at least. I don't think we have the money for that. Yeah, no. I can give somebody $5 on the side of the road and tell them to shout out <laughs> our, our, our name, but beyond that, um, <laughs> we got nothing. Yeah, so... Really, word of mouth or randomly getting boosted by an algorithm are our best chances of this podcast getting put in front of new listeners. So, like, if you love us and you think you know someone who would love us or you just think that you might be able to get some random internet stranger to love us, then leave a review where where you can, where you know to do that. <laughs> And also, like, if we actually saw some reviews and saw people saying nice things about us, it would make us feel good. Yeah. But uh, I think that's all from us, for this episode at least. Uh, Austin, you got a cat pun for us? Just some uh, helpful or encouraging advice. Let your tail flick in the wind and let your whiskers flicker with the music that lights up your day. That was beautiful, Austin. Thank you. I, I try my <laughs> best. <laughs>